calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It is a hot one in New York City today. Um, I immediately turned off the AC to record this intro outro and just like buckets of sweat all over my body. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good week. I hope the summer is so far treating you well. I love the summer. It's definitely my favorite season. I feel like I've talked about that a lot, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, this is a really fun episode. Um, me and this guest talk a lot about sex just a lot about sex and it's fun and informative and just like a really good time and it's one of those episodes where it's like yes yeah, how i envisioned like the pod to be just a very open forum for what have you like when it comes to sex dating relationships and not that other guests have not done that but just it's really cool when it's like someone you don't know while just opening up so much so quickly it's very humbling and i'm very honored to witness that and be a part of that and get to cultivate and create that space for people. I think it's also my four-year anniversary of the podcast. It came out, I think, in 2018, uh, like 4th of July weekend, and here we are, <laughs> four fucking years later. What is life? Time is scary, and it's moving very fast, and who knows, and I'm just very thankful and glad to have you here and glad to have this outlet for myself and for others and can't wait to see what else comes from it. What else comes from it? I don't know. If you're in New York City, come down to the duplex July 15th. I literally decided to um, schedule a show, a few shows actually. I have like three shows um, right before my wedding. Just classic me, just really just trying to get all in. And oh, also Sarah had her baby. <laughs> She was the podcast guest last week. She had it like yesterday. I called it, called the baby it, um, had the baby yesterday. So congrats, Sarah. And thank you again for hopping on and willing to talk to me while you're nine and a half months pregnant. And that's, that's really fucking cool of you. 
But yeah, come to the Duplex July 15th, uh, 9.30 show. Or if you are in the UK, if you're in Scotland, August 4th through the 28th, come see Awkward Sex and City at Edinburgh. Um, I've been told I say the country wrong and I'm working really hard on it and I still think I'm saying it wrong. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh, for French Fest, it's their 75. I can't talk today. It's because it's, it's so fucking hot, y'all. I'm so sorry. It's their 75th um, anniversary, the world's largest arts festival. So very cool, very horrified at the same time. I just think it's a really good moment to remember, like, whatever you want to do, you should do it in the sense that it's not hurting anyone or, like, not consensual, but, like, dream-wise. And, um, like, if you dream of being a serial killer, please don't. Don't do that. Um, but just do it. It's scary and weird uh, and pushes you into out of your comfort level. And if you're like me, you really, really need to be pushed out of your comfort uh, zone a lot or otherwise you're just binge watching Gilmore Girls. And if you are like me, you've seen it thousands of times at this point, which is a very true statement uh, of how many times I've watched that show. Anywho, when are you going to intro your guest, Natalie? That's a great question, Natalie. Like I said, this is a very fun episode. It's how I've always visioned the episodes to be. Uh, and just a fucking blast. And so my first guest, because we're going to have a back-to-back, uh, is one of the co-hosts of The Boss Bitch Show. And uh, with me today is Rachel Green, not from Friends. Uh, and we just talk all things sex. And then soon you'll have the other co-host, Kirsten O'Brien. Uh, and they are launching a podcast on July 14th and having a launch party in New York City, if you're around at the comedy shop, for their podcast, The Boss Bitch Show. And I really, really think if you like Awkward Sex and City, you're going to love this podcast. Subscribe now. So that way you are ready for the first episode come July 14th and can be downloaded wherever podcasts are downloaded. Spotify iTunes or I guess it's a podcast now Apple podcast now um all those places and I just think you're gonna like it I think you're gonna really fall in love with Rachel like I did on the podcast and I just can't wait for you to listen what's going on with you what's what's going on with your life um you have a great show that's it's every other Thursday or every Thursday at, at weekly uh it's the second Thursday second of the Thursday month. of the month Yep, it's the the Boss Bitch Show. It's at the Comedy Shop. Oh my god, everything! Uh, <laughs> I was like, it's no, on Bleecker. <laughs> no, it is on oh, Bleecker. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it used to be called the Village Lantern, and then they like renovated it, and then the restaurant was called um, the Bronx River Yacht Club, and then now it's Ways and Means. But the back comedy section is called the Comedy Shop. Okay, I think. I think they should just call the whole establishment the comedy shop, kind of like the stand. But, you know, I'm not the owner. So, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. So we're the second Thursday of every month. And then coming up July 14th, we will have our podcast launch. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, and that came out because um, basically Kirsten and I, we take turns uh, hosting and headlining, you know, with our other folks in the middle. And um yeah, so people weren't really getting the vibe of the two of us together and like all the the banter and and stuff that we have in common, the the woo woo witchy shit and the the sex positivity and dealing with uh, therapy and trauma and life and feminism and you know vaginas, you know. Uh, 
life. Yeah. So it was more like that. And like, you know, also just um, bringing on other people in life that we think are boss bitches. Hell yeah. I can't wait to listen. I I feel like people that listen to Hopper Sex would very much like this podcast. So I'm very excited to have you you. guys on. I was just thinking like we should have you as a guest. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I'd love to. Um, How long have you guys known each other? We've probably known each other like three and a half years, but we've been like real, real tight probably the past two, you know, pandemic sort of cements people together and, you know, chatting on the phone about life and dealing with, you know, a pandemic, you know, and oh God, (laughs) and families and, you know, bullshit, you know, comedy. Oh yeah. The the trifecta, bullshit, comedy, pandemic. Um, Yeah. Yeah, obviously, it's so great to have someone like that, too, with the past few years, uh, as it just potentially and aggressively gets worse and worse. Yeah, I had a I had to record a podcast on Friday, but luckily it was with um, Sarah Hartshorn. And so I was like Sarah uh, um, and yeah. she's so great and had so many tips. But yeah, it's so important to have these outlets right now for people to feel heard and seen and just be able to vent on top of just therapy as well. Like my poor therapist, I was like, she was like, it's been a rough week. And I was like, that's great. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. We'll get to that later for you, Dr. Eve. But right now we are not talking about <laughs> Roe v. Wade. Uh, but thank you. No, that that just requires screaming into the corner of the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is no therapy for Roe versus Wade right now. It's just like, ah, you know, it's it's. um Yeah, I, that's kind of how my session went. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. 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 Are you dating anyone right now? I am not. I uh, I I was listening to an Abraham Hicks podcast about you know letting letting them in. You know, don't don't try. Just just allow for it, and don't think of the lack of person. And yeah, so no, I am <laughs> I am I'm very single, and I have to say, I, I've been perfecting a joke about it recently because I, I consider myself queer, but a lot of people don't understand what queer means because they're dumb or they're just. <laughs> not informed. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm pansexual because I'm attracted to a person's energy, mm-hmm. right? And so it doesn't have to be in a certain body, but I do really like dick. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, and I don't always like, you know, and I don't always like the people that they're attached to. And ah, yeah. So I kind of wish I was a little more gay, but um, yeah, unfortunately I, I like penis you know, strap-ons just aren't quite the same. Yeah, I was to say that. Like, it's just a little yeah. different. It's different. Uh, yeah. And it just, there is something about, like, you just, it's graphic. I'm going like this and the, it's <laughs> no one. I love it. Um, you just want to be, like, railed sometimes. And it just doesn't yeah. feel, authentic's not the right word, but just, it is different. You want that penis attached to a literal body. Now, those strap-ons aren't great. They are. Yeah. But yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And I mean, even when I've been the penetrator with a strap on, I, I, I'm i almost like you can really fuck someone. But then also, like, if you like go the wrong way, you can like really hurt the person because it's like it's this like wonky rubber thing that's not it's literally attached to you. And it's not like a always the tightest fit if you're getting into it. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Awkward sex. There you go. <laughs> Literally. No, but that's what I love about the podcast. It's it's very, um, it's very, very real. Like we're going to talk all real things. Um, and this is like, I feel like what a lot of people crave, right? Is that people aren't always willing to admit like, Hey, you could hurt someone with a strap on because it's not, cause it is, it's 
how hard is it? How hard is a dildo? Is it a dildo? Is it more like you know human human like? I don't know the the correct yeah, term. Yeah, life like. Yeah, human like. Yeah, I, yeah. What are we working with? What are um, what's happening? Um, I have not uh, been the person that penetrates. I do want to in the future. It's a good. Time. I'm always worried. Like I'm not gonna have the the hip strength for it. Like I feel like I'm out of shape, and that's gonna be really hard and not that fun for the other person. Um, I. I get what you're saying. I, I think it becomes a mind over matter situation. I think you get into it and you just sort of, okay. you know, I'm thinking about <laughs> I, say that. I mean, being in shape does definitely help. But um, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but I mean, even when I like masturbate, I feel like I sort of thrust myself a little oh, okay, bit. Okay. And so I, I feel yeah, <laughs> maybe I just, I do a lot of squats too, you know, but um, yeah, um, I, I highly suggest pegging a man that there you because you get to take back some of the power it's a good time. oh yeah definitely it's on the list i 100 percent want to do that especially one day especially right now <laughs> I, yeah i'm kind of like all right <laughs> but now i don't want to hurt anyone but uh yeah ironically the first couple of times i used a strap-on was with dudes i yeah. love that i feel like dudes are getting way more open about being like yeah i would like to try all the things because it's like yeah it's sex it doesn't mean anything that you don't want it to mean um and that's really cool and that's what's frustrating about like you know what's happening right now it's like us as a society i feel like it really has gone you know in the correct direction majority wise i was still we still got a lot of awful people and like dumb people i'm just gonna call them dumb um but this is great like yes straight man go get pegged go fucking get railed because you've got a prostate and it's gonna feel fucking great and i can't wait for that to happen for you um and like women like yes try (laughs) all the things try sex with other genders besides like penis genders like yes 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 yeah um i'm loving that you are right and and that is a nice message and we need to stay hopeful and remember the progress that we have made right Mm -hmm. and you know like i got to perform at like a pride show and there were like families you know like on sunday and that there was you know and like totally a a great mix of people and like in westchester so i was like okay good things are happening right like we're we're actually getting more progressive in the even in the suburbs like okay this is good and like they they laughed at my jokes like they understood you know what i was saying you know because you hope that if you're doing a a pride show that you would have sort of a a queer set that and people would appreciate it and it did go that way so i felt very grateful and yeah it did feel hopeful <laughs> i've only had one kid in the audience once and they were like a teenager and i was like honest or like a preteen i was like honestly i'm afraid of you like i used to work at urban outfitters uh, in new york city like you scared the shit out of me and i was like i'm gonna tell a one night stand story and you're not even gonna like bl- uh, blink an eye and she was like yeah that was very tame and i was like that was like one of my worst stories <laughs> but i went to a show recently like a month or two ago um at and there was kids, there was kids in the audience with the mom and the, the, oh, she was such a great comedian. I forget, I forget her name. Um, super deadpan, but was like making abortion jokes. And like, she was like, someone explained it to the kids. And the mom was like, oh, they already know. Like they already know. And they were like eight. And I was like, this is the best. This is why I love New York city. Like they were just eating tacos oh for this like very, very queer comedy show and like loving the shit out of it at like seven and eight years old. It's also brilliant, too, because I, I find like the the current generation of kids really has no issue with gender conversation, sexuality conversation. They're just like, you know, yeah, you know what? Uh, today I'm a they. You know what? Yeah. I, call me they. 
yeah, I'm going to wear this flower dress, you know, or, you know, hey, you know, uh, today I like boys. But I don't know. Tomorrow I met like girls. And it's just there's like no morality to it. They're just like, it's great. It's great. So, yes, good stuff. Good oh, stuff. Oh, hells yeah. Um, yeah, I had one kid that I used to nanny for after I I wasn't nannying them anymore. I was still friends with the other babysitter. And she was like, yeah, they're they're non-binary now. And they were like eight. And I was like, hells yeah. I did kind of see it coming, though, because he started um, they started like always having their hair super long and the parents were not okay with that. And then we at the babysitters had to be like, why is that not okay? And then they mm. always wanted me to take them to Sephora to do makeup. And I was like, we can absolutely do Sephora makeup. And then they would be like, but this is so you know crazy. Cause like I shouldn't be doing it. And I'd be like, why can't you do makeup? Like, why not? Um, and so I was so glad to hear that like months later after I'd left that they came out um, and I think they still are now. I was like four or five years ago. So I think they still are non-binary and I lo- fucking love it. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I love that. So, so yeah, good. so much more fun to have. I feel like I had, not that I didn't have fun as a kid, but I, you do wonder like what would have happened if it was way more open as a child? Like what would you have got into? Like I was super afraid of dick as a child, uh, preteen, teenager, and then an adult. Like I didn't have sex till I was 20. And so it's like, if I had more openness growing up, would I one have tried other stuff first and been more sexually uh, active before, which I don't think it's like a bad thing for someone younger to be sexually active. Um, and what would that have like looked like and what would that have been? Totally. I mean, I, <laughs> I was informed by finding my dad's seventies porn basically mm-hmm. and, you know, having older friends and being like, I need to try this immediately. And so, you know, it's like, Okay, blowjobs in the Burger King bathroom. You know, it's like <laughs> that one, like the porn articles. <laughs> no, the the porn I watched like um, an offshoot of like Debbie Does Dallas. Ooh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, and uh, it was like starring Angel. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that cheesy voiceover, and I just remember, you know, he was like a businessman, and everybody's cheating on everybody, and it's all very sexy, and they all went to Plato's retreat which is like, you know, was a famous New York sex club. So it really informed like my pro sexuality in life. So no regrets, but also was super heteronormative, you know, and just uh, I mean, the one thing that's pretty cool about it is like, you know, the giant 70s Bush, the empowerment of, oh, you know, yeah. of that is super cool. But yeah, I mean, I don't not to sound like a cheese ball. It sounds very cliche, but I really didn't discover my sort of love for people and women until I went to Burning Man and I was like, I love everyone. I guess that includes women and non-binary. Like, and when I went first went to Burning Man, actually non-binary didn't even really exist as a term like in the mainstream, you know, but I was just like, I love people. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> I love that. Were there drugs? There had to be drugs involved when you realize that. I feel like a lot of Molly. Actually, actually, maybe a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, the first couple of years I went to Burning Man, I really didn't do a lot of stuff. Like I was just tapped into the community and the energy and the vibe. And like I'm a Reiki master, so I'm very and so I'm very empathic and like sensitive to energy. So when you're just in that collective space of like no one having responsibilities and everyone just being their best like self-expressed selves, mm-hmm. it's it's a 
it's a whole other vibe. I don't know if it's still like that. This was a while ago. Yeah. I feel like it probably is. I think it's a little bit more Instagram worthy. I mean, I've never yeah. been, so I'm speaking truly all from speculation. Um, but I love that. I think that's like the point of Burning Man. And um, what there's that there's another one, right? Where it's like in the desert, and it's like, yeah, it should be this like very like exploratory. That's a word. Um, exploring situation for yourself, where you're just learning more about yourself. Yeah, I I walked into I I went three times. So in in 07 and 08, like I went in just like wanting to expand my mind and my experience and like who I was as a human. And, you know, you you get what you came for. It's not always like pretty, but yeah, it was it was definitely eye opening. And, you know, back then it was like off the grid. There was no cell phone service, which I think was part of the magic for me was like, you know, just being in the moment, literally. Yeah. 2007, I still had a flip phone. And like, yeah, I probably did too. I, I, I mean, I'm so on my phone that now I've been trying to turn it off for like two hours a day. And that's it. That's it's great. just two hours. It is so fucking hard. And then I try not to go on the computer at the same time. So it's like you're trying really hard to be like, I don't want to be connected in any way, shape, or form. And it does not go well every time. But it's just like you just want to be away from it. Like you don't, it's too much. Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I watch Island Hunters. Do you ever watch that? Is that show? on it's HGTV? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like the offshoot of uh, House Hunters, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And these people, you know, it, it's real. They're like, you know, I just can't disconnect. So I'm going to buy a fucking island. <laughs> Which that must be nice to have that, that yeah, privilege. Yeah, good but, for you. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to buy this secluded island and shut off. I'm like, there's cheaper ways to do that. But um, yeah. <laughs> I pretend I'm them. Yeah. I love HGTV. Um, I love all the drama that comes with it when people lost their shit when they found out House Hunters is basically like staged. Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah of course totally. it's staged. And then, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Magnolia, who um, Chip and Joanna. Oh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Just would fuck <sighs> both of them so quickly. And it would be such different experiences for like with either one oh of them. God. Like, oh my God. I just, I love them. I love I, she's hot, but she, she's stiff, man. She's so she's so high maintenance. I'd have to fuck her hard with a strap. That's the on thing, for right? Sure. Like you have to fuck her, and there's something about that that's like, yes, I do want to, like, I want to fuck you. I'd be like, loosen up, girl. Come on, uh, shiplap, shiplap, shiplap. You know, she's so stiff, but you know they have a great sex life because they have like twelve kids. Oh yeah. And he's so silly. I love his silliness. So he probably just like gets her to loosen up. Oh, I wonder if they have like dirty sex. If he like pulls her hair and shoves her against the wall. I think or if do. it's the other way. Or if it's the other way around. Mm, you know? I could go either if way. If she like doms him. Because, you know, obviously alpha personalities can be very submissive in the bed. Hello. Oh, yeah. I but, love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could ever dom because I just want things done to me. And I think because I'm lazy. Yeah. Unfortunately, the majority of the women that I've dated have assumed with my alpha personality that I wanted to be the dom. And I was like, I can. It's just not my preference. You know, that's not my first desire. I can do it. And of course, pleasing my partner, if that's what they're into, like, sure, you know, but uh, I, I, I love a good toss me against the wall and, you know, Spank me and choke me, pull my hair. How does that conversation go when like someone makes that assumption for you? Like what are like are people (sighs) have people been like receptive of like, hey, actually, I would want to be the submissive role. 
Yeah, um, I think I've learned actually to talk about it sooner. I guess it, it does take out a little bit of the mystery and the, the you mm-hmm. know, that sort of vibe of like discovering. And I also do think that there is room for people to change and grow. And obviously the dynamic can be different with each person. You know, some people I might feel more comfortable being dominant with or, you know, like I've always wanted to date a true switch so that we could literally, oh yeah, the world would be our fucking oyster. You know what I mean? It would just depend on how the wind was blowing and how we were feeling and, you know, but it's not always like that, you know, um, or Maybe I just feel really subby with that one person or vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I think also as I get older, I can tell, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of have a, what would I call that? A domdar, a subdar. <laughs> what What are the dead giveaways with the domdar? <laughs> oh, oh, man, doms. Oh, fuck, man. Well, it's interesting because like uh, uh, true doms are usually really fucking narcissistic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and of course, really hot, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just there's something kind of brooding and dark behind the eyes. And I'm a sucker. I'm like, sign me up. I'm going to hate this later. But oh, it's so hot. And then I like a good service top. Those are fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to explain to someone what that was once um, I, recently. Um, how it's like, oh, they're not dominant by nature necessarily, but they dominate you because it pleases you. I'm like, okay, that's fucking yeah, that that because, checks the boxes. Woo! Because then it's like, oh, it's about me. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's what always I think that's what always gets me. It's when it's like, this is about me. Like this is all for me about me, and it's like, yes, I am gonna get off to this. I had one, I think I had one true Dom in my sex life. Um, and we had been hooking up a little bit and he was like, well, this is what I like to do. Like, he's like, I just like to take over and take control. And I was like, oh yeah, you should absolutely do that. That's great. And I had definitely been like faking orgasms with him, Mm. but it it was weird. He was really good at fingering. Like it felt really, really great. Really, really great. It was very different. It was very internal. It wasn't like clit. It was all inside. Um, like he didn't do this with me, but I know he loved to fist a lot, uh, but we didn't get there, but it never would come to like a head, but it felt great. So I would just like, I would yeah. just fake it because after a while you're like, okay, this is great. This is great. But I would like something new. The moment he like legit <laughs> dommed on me came immediately. And I was like, oh, okay. <sighs> like that's, this is a whole different like ball game, obviously. Oh, that's so hot. Oh yeah. That's so hot. He also like, so I was a live in nanny. Um, and so he'd come to visit me at the person's house. And so it was just this great, like not great energy, but afterwards, like I like picked up the kids at their like baseball game. And I was like, I felt like I had a fucking affair. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best. And it's like, I oh totally like gravitate to that type of like porn where it's like, oh, like they almost got caught, like doing yeah. something naughty. Like I fucking love that shit. Oh yeah. I, um, I, <laughs> I christened the balcony of my apartment oh. only, only like two months ago. And I was like, Oh, <gasps> Oh, my neighbor's gonna catch me. Oh, this oh, is so, so hot, fucking you know? hot. Oh my god, I love this for you. And of course, no one saw. Like, or, or if they did, they're not gonna say. No anything. one saw. No, and she's she's like rich. She has like she took over like the three apartments next to me. So she probably was like all the way on the other side. But the idea that she could be in that one was kind of hot, you know. Or like I don't know, people on the promenade, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I it's fucking like- <laughs> love that shit. I love almost getting caught stuff. That's great. 
I'm I'm so glad that that happened and I'm so glad for it to happen again for you. Thank you. Unfortunately, the dude just like disappeared. It was so bizarre. I've talked about it a lot in the pod. It's like something about this summer is like the vibes are off with dating. There's something weird. Like last year it was like, oh, this is going to be such a slutty summer. And then it wasn't. It wasn't a slutty summer at all. And now this year feels like the slutty summer. But now there's not communication where it's like, hey, I want to be slutty. But instead of being like, hey, that's just what I want. Let's keep this going. But these are like my parameters and communicating that it's just a lot of ghosting or a lot of like, Ugh. yeah, we'll meet up and then constantly canceling. Nothing. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like you're wasting people's time. You just want to get laid, man. Yeah. What? Why did we do that? Yeah. No, this this one guy, I was like, OK, there's a new app called Thursday. Right. Oh, I haven't heard this one. And it it's I, I think it's UK based and they like shared it with New York. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll try it. And it only works on Thursdays. So people are like more motivated. And I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant because then I'm not having these stupid like extended conversations on like Hinge and OkCupid or Bumble or whatever the fuck. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is so romantic or yeah, we're so hot. And then nothing happens. I was like, this is great. And then there's like an event you can attend, which I haven't done yet. That's like, you know, only people that are on this app, whatever. So I, I meet this dude. We exchange information. We don't get to hang out that day. But he's like, how about tomorrow? I'm like, great. And we have this date and he's like super hot. He's like former pro wrestler and like personal trainer. And he's got all these tats and like, you know, he's kind of like my height, but like he's buff. And I'm like, yeah, OK, that's that's kind of hot. And I don't have a type, but I was enjoying him, you know, and his energy. Like the second I walked in, like it was like, you know, that 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 magnet. And I was like, oh, this could be fun. And we had like a really good time. I mean, I knew that he wasn't intellectually my match necessarily but he had a great sense of humor and like immediately because it was like a high top table Mm -hmm. and i was gonna sit across from him and he was like "Uh uh-uh sit right next to me and i was like "Ooh, okay okay." all right i see where (laughs) yeah and just immediately just kind of took charge and just like you know was like very close you know touching and then you know halfway you know after like not even done with my first drink and he's like whispering in my ear and he's like yeah you want me to like pull your hair and do all this stuff and i was like uh-huh, yes uh-huh, please yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah daddy yeah uh-huh. and you know that two drinks later we were back at my apartment and having super hot sex and it was awesome and in my head i was like this is fucking great i'm gonna have a booty call like i i cleared out my roster like there hasn't been people in there in a while you know and I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And then we only had one one more time that we fucked and then he disappeared. No. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. He was the one I fucked on the balcony. I was like, because I had told him about it and he was like, open the door, get on the balcony now. And I was like, ah, you know, like, yeah, so hot. Damn. I'm so disappointed in him. I'm so disappointed. Like the amount of possibility there. I know. I mean, he said that he had like wrist surgery and like he was like afraid. I was like, dude, I can ride you like we if you're afraid you're going to like hurt your wrists. Like there's other things we can do. Sit in this fucking chair right here and like I'll ride you to the cows come home. I he don't know. He fingers you so hard. He like snaps his wrist that he just had surgery. <laughs> on. It's like, yeah, there was so things you broke my wrist we bitch. can do oh my god just get yeah just i'm just like gonna so get things. on top i'm just gonna get on top and we're gonna have a great I don't know, time god, 
guys can be very narrow minded with that shit. You know, like, oh, I don't feel like I can perform for you. I'm like, okay, so don't like I have toys. I have vibrators. I have dildos. Uh, We can make out. We can cuddle Mm -hmm. like there's fingers like there's so like if your dick doesn't feel up to business tonight, that's okay. Like. But yeah, there's the the ego and the libido are so connected oftentimes. Yeah, so, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, <sighs> I blame the patriarchy. I do think it's a very big patriarchy thing. Like anytime if someone is oh, not okay with sure. a toy, um, it's like, what? Um, like I've heard people. Oh my God, I hate I've that. heard people say they'll never, like not just dudes. I've heard women say they would never use a toy on someone else because they don't want to penetrate someone. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what? yeah. And I was like, but that, like, they were like, I would break up with that person if they wanted to be penetrated because I could not do that for them. And I was like, this seems like we got, I think there's things you need to unpack maybe because why, like, yeah. that's not a weird thing for anyone <sighs> of any sexuality or gender to want. No. And like you were saying earlier, like guys have a prostate, like that shit feels yeah, good. It feels, you know, feels it's great. I remember the first time I fingered a guy was like my boyfriend. I was like 22 and it was like, I was like blowing him and I like, you know, I warmed it up. I don't know, spit or lube or something. And it was like, I swear the second I like fully stuck it in, he just like shot a load in my mouth. (laughs) I was like, whoa, this is amazing. If I don't have a lot of time on my hands. Okay, good. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Oh my God. I always struggle. I, I have to be one super, super drunk. And then I'm like, yes, you can come in my mouth. And then every time they come in my mouth and I'm like, this was a mistake. Like, it's just me uh, holding in my mouth being like, I need to spit this out. I'm like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, I can't. So if I'm hammered, if yeah. I'm hammered, I can swallow it. And that's like the dead giveaway that I am like crazy drunk. Uh, I usually say I swallow if I like you. Uh, no, I will only swallow Otherwise, if I'm, I'm like, plastered. Yeah, I'll just be like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> just like you know spit in the tissue or run to the bathroom and uh yeah you know kirsten and i have a whole thing of that we call slut throat um <laughs> where you know if you give really vigorous deep throat you know you can get tears in the back of your throat and then that can lead to like strep throat like i actually gave myself strep throat once and you know energetically i was also like in the midst it was like breakup sex so also there was like a lot of anger in that area, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. if you believe in that stuff. Yeah. And I literally got strep throat. So now I have this regimen, whether I like you or not, um, if I give the vigorous deep throat, I'm running to the bathroom and I am gargling immediately with peroxide. So <laughs> I love this. I love yeah, it. It works. I think yeah. I just had a very bad experience the first time. It definitely like the watch shot to the back of my throat and I felt like I was Oof. choking. So now I like Oof. put my tongue up. Which I don't know if it's fun for the dude, but I'll like put my tongue up as a barrier, uh, and it'll like it'll, like it'll keep it like in the front, which might be worse for me. But at least it's not like hitting the back of my throat anymore. I don't know if I've ever deep throated. Oh, that is, girl, that is so fucking smart. I am really that that is. <laughs> That's ingenuity right there. And then if you want to be really, you know, some guys really like the fucking dripping out the front of the mm-hmm. mouth, you know, look, then you can do that whole thing. Like, uh, you just, just get uh, like real messy with it. Oh, uh, look how messy I am. Daddy. Uh. <laughs> well, also for me, and I think this is like uh, unique to me, but like it's like for for sex, sex for me is kind of like porn. Like the moment I come from porn, I'm, I'm done with that porn. I don't want to watch anymore. It's just it's 
the facade is gone, right? It's just like I yeah. it did its job. Same thing kind of happens with sex with me. Like once the person comes or I come, once we've like both come, I'm like, oh, we're I'm out. Like we're out. I'm done. So like when I'm like shot with a load in the mouth, I'm like no longer sexy. I'm like, okay, now we got now we got things to do. Yeah. Like I gotta, I gotta spit this out. I gotta brush my teeth. We gotta go like you know, get groceries. I don't know. Like I just at stop. Like it just stops. <laughs> I feel like I'm really bad about it too. Cause like, especially with my partner, he'll like want to cuddle. And I'm like, mm, we, we gotta, we got a day ahead of us. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, no, I totally get that. And that's, that's the other thing is like, you know, also like sometimes you got to worry about your vaginal health, right? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. if like, you know, you had really vigorous sex or like if you're fluid bonded with the dude and they come inside you, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta clean up in there and like maybe stick some coconut oil or probiotic to make sure she doesn't get, you know, UTI, BV, yeast infection, all the fun things that, you know, we get to uh, hold inside, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I have a story that I haven't told in a long time, but like I got, my kidneys almost shut down because I ignored a UTI <gasps> from a Fuck. person who the doctor said you um, have your kid. He said your kidneys are shutting down because your boyfriend has a dirty dick. Ah, and, I knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, we weren't using oh. protection. Like we weren't because I was on the uh. pill and it was like, he was like, yeah, this is from a dirty penis. <sighs> and then I ignored the UTI and it got so bad. Um, like I remember I peed in the cup and I went to go give it back to the doctor. And he was like, I don't even have to look at this in the <sighs> microscope. He was like, this is blood. This is all blood. <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my oh, God. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm in pain thinking about that. Oh, you poor thing. And I always, always <sighs> pee after sex. Um, and yes. I'm very more aware of what's going on down there. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, God, man. Oh. Dirty dicks. Dirty dicks. Fucking assholes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, before I came on this podcast, I was thinking to myself, wow, pretty much my brand of comedy is awkward sex. Uh, it's a good brand so to have. God. It works. Oh my God. You know, I call it sexy, silly or like, you know, uh, but yeah, like th- there was this one time I had a threesome very unexpectedly. And most times that I've had threesomes, it was with like with people that I knew that I was like friends with or, you know, because I, I was very sexually active in high school. So those times in high school, it was like, yes, we're friends. This is what we're doing. And I was like, cool. And it was a lot of like male, male me. And I was queen for a day. So I fucking loved it because I'm an attention whore. And I was like, ah, this is amazing. And it felt like a porn and it was great. And then, you know, I got older and I did the whole, you know, polyamory thing. And then it was like, you know, people I would know at sex parties, which were, again, also usually my friends. But then this one time I was just like at a party. It was like after my friend's gallery opening, it was a very sexy night. Everyone felt really fabulous. I think I like performed my dirty song parody on the roof at her request. I had like this um, Little Mermaid song parody that I do. And, you know, it's like part of your world. So I talk about dildos and butt plugs instead of <laughs> who's it's and what's it's kind yes. of thing. So I, this couple was just like given the vibes, you know, I don't even know. No, they were like best friends. Right. And there may have been some. Uh, drugs involved, you know, but um, we were having a good time. We're like on a rooftop. There's drinks. There's this and that. So we end up going back to this dude's place. And it was almost as if they had never had a threesome or they're just. I don't know. They're just more vanilla threesome people in the sense that he double dipped his fingers in us. Oh, and so I had to go to the gynecologist after that because I was like, 
I, I don't know these people. I don't know if she gets tested. I don't know what her pH balance is. And he was like double dipping the chip and the guacamole. And I was like, fuck, man, you know. And in the moment, I didn't want to like shame her. Mm-hmm. And I it would have been it would have completely ruined the mood. And he had already done it. So I was like, well, it's already done. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was just like, I guess I'll just attempt to enjoy the rest of this. And then, of course, my hot Russian gynecologist was like, Rachel, you're so crazy. You either have no sex or all the sex. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's 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 true. But yeah, I was so paranoid. And I was like, man, so, fuck you, dude. That's just like not how you roll. Interesting. Like, what would you say are the top five? Well, not top five, like the top do's and don'ts of threesomes, especially like if someone's listening Ooh. that's never had a threesome yet before. But it's like interesting. Oh, what a great question. Oh, man. Uh, first and foremost, communication, right? That's, that's the key to life, but especially sex communication, um, obviously consent. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really good to like be in the moment and just be sexy and hot, but like, you might want to like declare some like strong yeses or strong no's. And I think, you know, the, the, the sex parties that I used to go to that I liked the most would have a welcome circle where people go around and talk about when they got tested, what their status was, if they were fluid bonded with their partner. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, it just means you're bonded, your fluids are bonded. Like you don't use condoms with your primary Mm -hmm. partner. And, um, and then you would go around and kind of like declare what you wanted to get out of the evening, you know? So it was very intentional experience kind of like a seminar or some shit like that so it it is a little woo-woo for some people (laughs) and some people would be like oh my god when are we gonna fuck already you know but what was really hot about it was like everything was out on the table so it's kind of like looking at this gorgeous buffet and being like oh i know what that is oh that's that oh i could have a little bit of that i could have oh that oh yeah i'm not really a fan of that and then you could just roll so i feel like if you're having a threesome you could kind of set it up a little bit with like your hard yeses or your hard no's or like your requests. You know, you can make it sexy, make it like a request. This is what I would like. This is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me. Um, and also just like, um, you know, safety, you know, have a safe sex conversation. Um, it's really, there's no shame in it. I hate that people still stigmatize STIs, you know, especially herpes. It's like everyone fucking has herpes, get over it, you know? And it's really hard for women to give it to men anyway. It's mostly men giving it to us, unfortunately. Um, you know, and and if you have any concerns, just fucking use condoms, use gloves. You, you can also destigmatize safety. You know, you can make it really hot. Just, mm, put on that glove, yeah. Break out that loop. <laughs> You know, just make it really sexy. I don't know. I mean, I went to one party. I had never used a dental dam. The first time I went down on a woman, they were like, here, it's a dental dam. And I was like, what is this craziness? And it's, you know, at first I was like, Ugh, this is terrible. This isn't sexy. I'm not like, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't use barriers for oral sex. I get it. But, you know, you can still get STIs in your throat. Hello. And you can give people and get stuff. And, you know, a lot of people have oral herpes from someone sticking their genitals in their mouth. And a lot of people don't realize that. Anyway. Yeah. No, um, my doctor, I've had like this weird thing with my mouth for months. And my doctor, he's being like, I think it's herpes. And we keep getting tested over and over again. It keeps not popping up. But I'm like, at this point, I don't care if it's herpes. I just want to know what's going on. Yeah, you just want some sort of relief, probably. Yeah, you know? totally. And then I even I have HPV, so I was like, "Oh, is it HPV in my mouth?" And they were like, "No." And I was like, "Are you sure?" Because like, what if it just was? So we can like just be done with this. 
you know, there are some people who will regularly after a sex party not only get swabbed below, but they'll get swabbed in their mouth. And like the doctors are like impressed or sometimes even like shocked, you know. And I remember my first gynecologist, he was like an old man. And um, I was like, test me for everything. And he was like, okay. And I was like, tell me what everything is. Mm -hmm. And he was like, chlamydia, gonorrhea, you know. And I was like, what else? He's like, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think there might be one more. Anyway, it was kind of like this, the basic panel. And I was like, okay, what about herpes? He was like, yeah, we don't really test for that. And I was like, well, why not? And he's like, well, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of everybody has it. And I guess, you know, uh, you know, you'd probably have symptoms. I'm like, dude, should I be teaching like fucking sex ed to my gynecologist? Like, no, you can have herpes and not be symptomatic and give it to everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever. So that was the first beginning. I mean, he helped deliver me. So, you know, that's why he was my gynecologist. He helped my mom, you know, conceive me. Um, not in the literal sense, of course. Real full circle situation and for him there. He's he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that Planned Parenthood when I was like starting to learn more about that was a great joke. I did not give it enough um, credit, but that was a great joke. When I was like learning more about like STDs and like how they're tested, I didn't realize like I had to ask for like specific tests. Like they'd be like, do you want to get tested oh, for yeah. STDs? And I was like, yeah. So they would do they would do um, HIV blood tests and then they would do like the panel, but that you had right. to request like I would like, you know, herpes. I would like X, Y and Z. And now I just found it recently like HPV is like now able to be checked via blood because I was like at the mm, I was at because you used to have to get the, the, the pap schmear. Yeah. And so like when I went last November, they did both. They were like, we can do blood and we'll do like a, a nice little smear. <laughs> and yeah, that's when I found out the, I've got one of, I call it the one of the bad ones. I've got one of the ones where it's like, you could get cancer from this. Um, mm -hmm. So now I have yeah. to do a pap every six months. And I also have to like fight with my insurance to be like, are you fucking covering this? Like, are you going to cover this? <sighs> yes, I've, I've been there, unfortunately. And she, she drew me like a whole chart of the different types of HPV and the different stages that you need to look at. And um, yeah, I had the LEAP procedure too. That was terrible. Is that the one where they like, they like spray something into your vag and then do like a, cause I had to do a second procedure. No, that's a colposcopy. Yes. Yes. Cause I could never say it. I'd be like, and they were like, please stop. <laughs> I had just gotten like a colonoscopy <laughs> and I had to get like an endoscopy. Like, oh my God, last year was like oh so many God. fucking procedures. I had a Fuck. breast cancer scare. Oh no. So many scares. And so I was just like, I don't know what oscopy it is, but I know it's like a, a, a SPP. And they were like, we, we know what you're here for. So you don't have to say yeah. it. No, that's basically they're, um, they're taking a chunk out of your uterus to test it. Ooh. It's basically like a biopsy, but it's like it's specific. And then they put this coffee ground type shit inside of you to clot the blood so you don't bleed out. And then you're like fucking your vagina is like throwing up coffee grounds for the next day. Yeah, this is all the stuff that no one talks about. I love I, it. Oh, this is good I stuff. Did not know that. Uh, no, the leap procedure is when it gets to the scary place. And they're like, oh, next step, you could get cervical cancer. So we're going to laser off the first layer of your entire cervix. It's it's a yeah, it's a thing. It's basically when the colposcopy comes back and it's like 
abnormal. They're like, this so, isn't good. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I became a lot less sexually active after that. I was like, whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sucked. But luckily, I have a really good, my like I said, my hot Russian gynecologist. Uh, some gynecologists aren't insane and they will do the procedure in the office and give you like a local anesthetic which is like terrible uh-huh. like just like a painkiller for your vagina uh no she was like oh hell no i don't do that so i went to like a day op and she like they put you out and oh thank you know. god because i was just thinking yeah, about like when i got my iud and they did a local um local an- anesthetic i'm not saying the word right and it was awful because mm-hmm. you could still yeah, feel it yeah and it was like i remember her mm-hmm. being like you have a sensitive cervix because i was like bleeding everywhere and i was like i don't so when you said that they scraped out like the first layer of your cervix i just felt like my whole like vagina convulsed like my whole cervix was like no no yeah yeah no it was terrible and i was like this is awful and never happening again um i also did get the vaccine prior to that you know, I don't think the vaccine caused it, but it was like it was weird timing and I was extremely sexually active. So it was like no one knew what was happening. And I was like too old, according to, you know, uh, Gardasil to uh, being covered by insurance to get the HPV vaccine. But whatever. I got it anyway. It was worth the investment. And then I was going to say, like, we can get it now because I have to get it and I keep forgetting to. And I don't think it's covered by my insurance either. When I did it, it was $150 a shot and I had to get three. Okay. So it was a $450 investment in my vagina, which was worth it. Um, and knock on wood, we've been, you know, hey. Uh, but yeah, the leap procedure is really intense. And it was, you know, I walked out of there feeling fucking great because I had just had surgery and I was like, you know, I had had real legit anesthesia. So I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And then I just remember <laughs> the next day, walking up a flight of steps and being like something went down oh no like you know it's suddenly like oh oh and i spotted for like six weeks after that it was it was shitty i also discovered some certain things like you know i was taking fish oil supplements which is a blood thinner so that doesn't help so i stopped taking fish oil and then um I don't know. You, you ever find out that sometimes you have weird habits that are like really bad for oh, you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I often would just blow my nose on the toilet because you're, you're already there and you're already wiping other things. But it can the pressure of blowing your nose if you're already bleeding can push more blood Ooh, out. I did not know that. Yeah, like when you're ha- when you're in a sensitive way, of course. It's not like <laughs> just, I just start blow my nose right tomorrow like, and just like a lot of blood comes out. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> to the men listening, to the people listening to this podcast, don't get scared. I don't bleed every time I blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I do, though, for anyone listening. I definitely do. If your vagina's already healing or attempting to heal and you blow the nose while you're in a sensitive position, it can sort of, you know. How long did you have to wait to have penetrative sex after that procedure? I'm assuming there was like a, a limit, like a, you had to wait a little bit. Yeah. I think technically it was only like a month maybe, okay. but, but I didn't feel great about it until I had fully stopped spotting. Cause I felt like I was healing a wound. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. just, I, when, 
when I don't know if you're having the same like experience as I was like mentally, but after it was like a breast cancer scare and then like the HPV cervical cancer scare. And like, it was back to back for me last year. And I just was like, it destroyed my libido. Like I, I still kind of feel like I'm recovering. Like I was even talking to my partner recently of like, I would like to actively be trying to have more sex because I feel like you, that things happen. And then that just becomes like the new norm. And you're like, but that's not exactly what I want, but then you forget that it takes work, I guess, maybe, because you got so used yeah. to this space in between. Absolutely. No, I did not feel sexy for a while. And in turn was like, fuck, like I became scared of sex because I was like, look what can happen to mm-hmm. me. So yeah, I was like, probably a year, maybe two to like, I felt like really, truly myself again and like feeling comfortable and like, okay, I can do this. And okay, great. You know, and HPV, like any other virus can be, you know, exacerbated like by stress and shit going on in your life and taking care of yourself. And so it was like also a good wake up call to be like, okay, maybe be nicer to your body as well, you know, and this will stay in the not scary zone, you know, and eventually I think your body just kills it, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. I've been trying to, um, figure that out because uh very gross i have planner warts that like some of them are now like five six seven years old on my feet and like my doctor was like yeah that's hpv like that's yeah that's something so i was like does it mean it's just in my body still like when will i shed it and she was like you may never shed it you may never shed it most people do but some people don't ever shed the virus and that's the problem that's when it gets into cancer like areas um and Mm. i was like oh great and then i was like so what do i do and she was like just eat well, <laughs> like get sleep, eat well, uh, exercise. And I was, Isn't I know and I was like, these are all the things that I hate. Like I, <laughs> but I will say I finally like started to take it a little bit more seriously again. I was like, oh, you really physically can feel the difference. Like <laughs> when you take care of your body and you're like, no, why were they right? I was like, actually sort of noting, like I was remarkably like astonished by my body. And I was like, Recently, I was just like, I was just drinking like, you know, it was my birthday yesterday and and then it was my friend's birthday before that. So we had like a week and a half of just like drinking and smoking pot and, you know, not getting enough sleep, um, doing some mushrooms, you know, it was like, but it was all fun. And I I, I was out in Fire Island. So it was like I wasn't stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh Nonetheless, though, I was like, thank you, body. Thank you. Thank you for not getting sick. Thank you for just like holding, holding it down, waiting for me to take care of you. I I know, you know, it's around the corner and it's like, I did continue to take my vitamins. And of course I like got home. And the first thing I did was like drink a green juice and just like, you know, just try to do that shit. Fucking probiotics, you know, apple cider gummies, you know, anything I could think of just like, okay, we're going to reestablish the flora and the fauna. Okay. We're going to meditate. We're going to exercise, but yes, do the things, you know? Yeah. It makes a difference. Absolutely. Oh Oh, yeah. I'm such a probiotic (laughs) bitch. I love kombucha. I chug that shit. I love it. I, I prefer the like kombucha makes me shit myself sometimes. So I can't, <laughs> I can't always drink it. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I had a friend that was like, they're like, you love it. I got to poop. And I was like, you should just drink a bottle. Just drink. You've never had it. 
you drink a full bottle, you will no longer be constipated. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, it's going to clean you out because you're not used to it. Uh, But yeah, I don't make your shit. I used to really love the the trilogy Mm -hmm. kind of of the whatever. And it was like the raspberry and the lemon. I was, and I would drink it. I'd be like, yes, it's so healthy. I feel so good. And then one day I was in a public place and had to just run and find the nearest bathroom. And I was like, okay, I'm never doing this again. I will take the probiotic pill. Kombucha is not my friend. And then I, another time I I um I tried, have you ever had the hard kombucha? Oh, kombucha? Yeah, I've always wanted to try it, but I haven't had it yet. Fuck, it did the same fucking thing to me. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I thought it could be, it felt like I was drinking healthy beer, you well, know? See, <laughs> but it's not, it's fucking kombucha. Beer makes me poop. <laughs> if I drink beer at a party, I'm more of a liquor girl. I'm more of a vodka soda, like same. a work and drink type yeah. of gal. If I have beer, I am shitting. Like, and it's not going to be a fun shit. It's going to be like, I'm taking up a lot of time in the one bathroom that's open to everyone. Um, so that's why I don't trust the kombucha. Cause I was like, I feel like it's not the same situation though. I do for healthy beer. I do love athletic. It's that non-alcoholic beer that tastes, Ooh. it tastes like an IPA. I'm not the biggest fan of IPAs, but it's like, this is good. Like if I'm like, I want to feel like I'm drinking because I have social anxiety, but I don't actually want to drink. I get like a six pack of athletic for like the group setting. Where the fuck do you get everywhere? That? They are everywhere in New York City. Like if you go to <gasps> um, your bodega, there's most likely athletic there. Oh my God, you're changing my and life. Any right grocery now. store will have it. Like, yeah, it's great. I'll send you a link later. Um, one of my <gasps> friends like you. worked for them. So that's how I found out about it. But it's like great. Yeah, I fucking love it. That's awesome. And that's a really good point because like sometimes there are times that I just, I do want to drink because I like drinking. Yeah. But then there are times that I'm like, you know, I don't really need to be drinking right now, but there is that pressure of like feeling like you need to have something in your hand or just drinking something, you know, and, and that's, that's really cool. I I need to get into that. Oh yeah. Thank I had you. a, I had a night with like a friend, well, lots of friends, but me and one of uh, my friends ended up drinking like way, way, way too much. And I like, I, I was told I had like very hard opinions about like female uh, heroes and Marvel movies and like how they're not getting their day. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why was I drinking so hard that day? And I was, or that night. And I was like, oh, cause I was nervous. So the next mm. day I was like, I'm just going to be like more intentional with my drinking. Like it's not necessarily, <laughs> it's not a problem. I feel like that's what anyone would say. It's not that I don't think it's a, that it's not that I think it's a problem. It's just why I want to ask why before I drink, like why today is it because I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm having a great time. Cause it's 4th of July. Or am I at a new comedy show that I want I'm about to perform on and I know no one there. So I'm feeling super nervous. Like what are the reasons why I want that thing in my hand? So yeah. So I highly, totally. I highly recommend athletic is great. That's very cool. Yeah. And it reminds me, I used to smoke cigarettes and then I actually uh, got hypnosis Ooh. and before, yeah. And before he did the hypnosis, that's what we did. We broke down all the reasons why I smoked like when and where and why I smoked. It was like, oh, I smoke because I'm feeling overwhelmed in this social setting and I want to get away from people. Or sometimes it was the opposite where it was like, I wanted to be part of the cool kid crowd. And it's like, oh, let's go smoke a cigarette. Yeah, you want to go smoke a cigarette? Oh, let's go smoke over there. And then like other times it'd be like, 
oh, I'm nervous because I'm like about to do a new set or I'm doing it in, in front of a room that I don't know or I don't know any of the comics. So let me smoke a cigarette before and it'll calm me down, which it doesn't, right? Because nicotine's a stimulant. So stupid. And um, yeah, it was just like all this stuff or like after I eat or like, you know, with a cup of coffee or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I sort of did that. I So it's good to do that, that kind of work. No, I know? think that's great. And I think that really helps uh, people too to be like, why? what is happening? Why are we doing this? And we can do it for like a lot of different things too. Like, why am I acting like this? Why is this the first thing I go to? Um, and it's okay to have many different answers. Like, I think people assume it's just one answer and it's like, no, there's a multitude, a plethora of reasons why we're doing things that may or may not be okay for us. And that it's okay. Then we're human. And that's why we're doing that. Totally. And the fact that we're looking is it's good, huge, right? right? Like, cause like, a lot of people just don't want to look, you know, they don't want to because looking can be really painful. I mean, that's why I was talking about with my therapist today. It's like, you know, looking at these different reactions I have to certain situations and, you know, uh, just, yeah, the way we process information and and not everyone takes it. You know, I may say a, a thing in a certain way and one person gets offended and the other person goes, why are they upset? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, but it, it, I could be triggering their shit. They're triggering my shit. And it's just. It's it's fascinating, oftentimes painful and tiring, but good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I was talking with Sarah last week of just like this. The work is never fun. Like it's isolating and it's hard. I think this is exactly what I said to Sarah, but it's so worth it once you get to the other side. Um, but to start with looking, like you said, is probably the hardest part, right? Because then you have to accept um, your demons and accept that you're not perfect and that you've probably definitely hurt people in the past and will in the future too, but just, you know, at least accepted that you want to try. And like you said, a lot of people don't want to, like my therapist will always say people don't change unless they want to. And most people don't want to mm. preach. Right. Oof. Dr. Eve, just giving me life every other week, Mondays <laughs> at 6 PM. <laughs> work she needs she needs a podcast oh my god i so would i love her so much she was like i she'll be like i remember you have a podcast and i'm like "Mm -hmm. you shouldn't listen to it um she's like asked to come to a show and i was like dr eve i feel like uh, you're making this about you now and i am not paying for the session anymore um no but she's so great she's such a great person one time she was like i was like telling a story and there was a vape pen in the story or like i was like telling her the drugs or whatever was happening and she was like i just have one question what is a vape and i was like oh she's so so cute cute and innocent i think she's in her 60s and i love it and she'll always i'll get like really heated and be like this is fucking bullshit and she'll like laugh and be like that's a funny term fucking bullshit and like you're just She's so cute. I love her so much. I've been with her for like five or six years at this point. That's awesome. My my old therapist um, was very, very sex positive and worked a lot with sex workers and, and people across the LGBTQIA spectrum. And, you know, I didn't ever have to explain anything to her. It was like the opposite to the point that she said to me, so um, what if I see you at a party? What's our preferred protocol? Ooh. Right. And, and I mean, that's why I loved her anyway. Like literally the first thing she said to me when I walked in her office was what is your preferred pronoun? And I was like, oh, yes, batch, go. Um, and then as we got to know each other and, you know, I shared proclivities or whatever she was like yeah so uh if i see you at a party uh what's what's the protocol and i was like um high five 
And she was like, great. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it never happened. But I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. Just like I'm getting flogged and I'm just like, oh, hey, you got me here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh, because of you. Oh, I love therapy oh. so much. Oh my God. This is a great place to stop too. I'm just like therapy is great. <laughs> but I always like to ask before we end a, like a, um, a recording, was there anything we did not talk about that you would like to talk about? Um, no, I just, uh, probably should like plug my shit, you know? Um, like I said, we we the Boss Bitch Show podcast is coming out July 14th. We're going to release like a bunch so people can uh, do a little, you know, binging. And it's it's sexy and funny and silly. But also we talk about, you know, therapy. We talk about sex. We talk about witchy shit. Um, and it's uh, Boss Bitch Show on Instagram um and similar derivations on tiktok and facebook but you know whatever i think it's like boss bitch without the eye because you know they're prude and i am the one rachel green um on all the socials as well and uh rachelgreen.nyc is my website that i probably need to update one of these days (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i had a fucking blast with you and obviously like we gotta have you on the show we gotta have you on the podcast and like i want to like hang out with you yes i would love all those things (laughs) absolutely yes please yay thank you guys again thank you for coming down Thank you for coming down and hanging out with me on my porch. Um, Just thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Please go and subscribe to The Boss Bitch Show uh, with Rachel Green and Kristen Kirsten O'Brien. And again, if you are in New York City, July 14th, it's a Thursday at the Comedy Shop off of Bleecker Street. Um, head on down. I'm going to try to go. I think it's going to be a fucking blast. It's going to be a lot of amazing podcasts. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being a part of the show. And yeah, the duplex for me, July 15th, you want to see me and some people, some friends live. And then if you are in Europe, if you're in the UK, if you're in Scotland, come down August 4th, the 28th. That's fucking wild. We're almost like just a less than a month away. I can't I can't even imagine. But otherwise, y'all, go like, rate, subscribe, review, do all the things for Awkward Sex and City and the Boss Bitch Show podcast. And I will see you next week. <laughs>